We're so glad you decided to listen to our program today. Our intent is to inform you and to encourage you. This is Are You Listening? with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour. In a busy world with lots of distractions, we need to pay closer attention to God. Are you listening to God's Word today? Here's Jeff. Did you know that, yes, in this day and age, one can be a member of the church we read of in the New Testament and not a member of a denomination? Dear friends, may we challenge you. Let that be our plea and our pursuit. Thank you to our J-Web and greetings to everyone. It is so good to have you tune in to our broadcast of the International Gospel Hour, and we're thankful that we can study the Word of God together. Throughout our broadcast, you'll hear about our free offers and opportunities to help in the study of God's Word outside of our broadcast, and we are excited to bring those forth. But as we begin, we want to talk a little bit today about the church of the Bible. When one speaks of the church we read of in the New Testament, one must consider that wonderful text of Matthew 16, verses 13 through 18. The Bible says, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, our text of Matthew sixteen thirteen through 18 and we see some immediate truths from this lesson text. First of all, the affirmation of the Christ as the Son of the living God. It is such a solid statement made by Simon Peter, statements that are made today when individuals confess Christ as the Son of the living God. It is a truthful statement because the Father revealed it through the Christ. It was not the flesh and blood or simply one who just entered into the world as another person, but rather the power through Christ that Simon Peter could answer him and how others even recognized there was something different about him. Again, the affirmation of the Christ as the Son of the living God is the solid statement on which we are able to build this study and also to see the power of Christ throughout all of His teaching. Now, of interest also is the word rock in verse 18. Its use among the rocky area of Caesarea Philippi is most appropriate, as Jesus Christ the Master Teacher affirms how solid the affirmation of he being the Son of God, is declared by Peter. This word rock, or the original word Petra, is defined as a mass of rock, a stone not easily moved. It is the same word used for the rock on which the wise man built his house in Matthew seven, twenty-four and 25, and the stone placed at the tomb of the Christ in Matthew twenty-seven fifty-one. 
we clearly understand that this phrase rock or Petra is a massive rock that is very difficult to move, and within the spiritual sense of Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God, it cannot be moved. Now we must note here also that Jesus was not referring to Peter as the one to whom he would build his church upon. Peter's name is not translated from Petra. When Jesus first saw Peter in John 1, verses 40 through 42, he did declare Peter would be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. Yet these are two distinct words. Peter, or Petros, denotes a piece of a rock, a detached stone or boulder, and again Petra is a mass of rock. For the church of our Lord Jesus Christ to be built upon any man other than Christ is not the church of which one should be a part. The church is built upon Jesus Christ, the foundation, 1 Corinthians 3.11. So, friends, again, did you know that, yes, in this day and age, one can be a member of the church we read of in the New Testament and not a member of a denomination? Let that be our plea and our pursuit today in our study. For as Jesus said he would build his church, friends, that is the church of which one can be a part. That is the church we will affirm through our broadcast of the International Gospel Hour because the Bible affirms that church. Can we find that church today? Absolutely. Do we know that church exists? Yes, indeed. So again, friends, today, let's rejoice and talk about the church we read of in the Bible. But first, a little more about our broadcast from the International Gospel Hour. Hello, friends. Miss a broadcast of Are You Listening? Please know you may easily access previous broadcasts through our seven podcast partners, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Just search for International Gospel Hour, and you can find previous broadcasts of Are You Listening? They are always there 24-7 for you to listen or download. And now, let's continue our study. Things to know about the church we read of in the Bible. Specifically, let's think about the following. As we noted from our lesson text of Matthew 16, verses 13 through 18, the church that we read of in the Bible was promised by Jesus Christ. He said that he would build his church. Now, when Jesus said, I will build my church, Jesus did not plan to build a number of churches. Jesus did not plan to build various bodies for people to make their choices of what they would prefer. Jesus did not promise to build, again, a number of churches. He said, I will build my church. Now, dear friends, when we look in the Bible and we want to learn about the church, would we not do well to focus on the church that Christ built? Let's notice some other specific matters about the church. As we note, the church is and its foundation of Christ. For other foundation can no man lay than that is laid, which is Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians 3.11. When Jesus said, I will build my church, he had in mind the foundation, and it would be built upon Jesus Christ himself. We note even later in Ephesians chapter 2, he is the chief cornerstone within that foundation. 
Therefore, we know that the church that Jesus built is on the right foundation. So if I've got the one who promised it, the right architect, the right builder, and the right foundation, now I'm getting somewhere. I even find the right purchase price. There is not one denomination that exists today that was purchased by the blood of that individual. When there are those human names that are applied to denominationalism, you and I will find that not one man nor one woman shed one drop of blood to establish their denomination. But Jesus Christ shed His blood. In Acts 20 and verse 28, Paul is in conversation with those wonderful elders at Ephesus. And he tells these elders who are over the church there at Ephesus, that congregation, to take heed unto themselves and unto all the flock over the which the Holy Spirit hath made you overseers, that you may feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. You see, with the church we find a purchase price, the blood of Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ that is the only blood that will forgive and will cleanse. Ephesians 1.7 and 1 John 1.7. It is the price that was paid. And again, dear friends, with all due respect, there's not one denomination that has been purchased by the blood of man. And even if it was, it would not be sufficient. It would not match up to the church we read of in the New Testament. To God be the glory. We note specifically that the church was established on the first Pentecost after Jesus arose from the dead. When we find that day on Pentecost when they were added to the church in Acts 2 and verse 47, that tells us this is when the church came into existence. The one that Jesus promised to build, built on his foundation. And it is amazing how as these individuals were baptized in the name of Christ, how that they were baptized into Christ according to the command of Christ, rather, in Matthew 28, 19, and 20. And when they're baptized into the death of Jesus Christ, as we learn from Romans 6, 4 through 6, wherein is the blood shed within his death? We understand that the church is not built upon any man. Paul had to deal with a number of problems in the book of 1 Corinthians, and among those problems were the division that was among them. And he pled in 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 10 that there be no division among them, but they be of the same mind and of the same judgment. He goes on to say in 1 Corinthians 1, 12 and 13, Now this I say, that every one of you says, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Then Paul asked these questions. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Paul used himself for the illustration. He did not use Apollos or Cephas. He simply replied how they were replying. When you have a congregation or a church that says, I am of Paul, and I have Apollos, and I have Cephas, and I have Christ, then we're beginning to divide out, and that was never Christ's intention, not after he prayed the prayer of unity in John 17. And so Paul used himself. Was Paul crucified for you? Well, the answer would be no. And you have to logically bring forth, neither was Apollos and Cephas. Were you baptized in the name of Paul? Absolutely not. And if you were baptized in the name of Apollos and the name of Cephas, that would be inaccurate too. He brings forth that there should be no division, and that we should not be part of churches that are built upon any man with any man's background. 
Dear friends, once again, we are specifically looking at the church we read of in the New Testament and not the establishment of denominational bodies. Now let's discuss a little bit more about the identification of the church we read of in the Bible. The church is identified by a number of titles, and it is of interesting to find that the church is simply mentioned as the church in Acts 2 and verse 47. To parallel with this, Ephesians 3 and verse 10, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. You see, in the New Testament, when the church was mentioned, folks understood of what church he was speaking. The description is also called the temple of God. In 1 Corinthians 3.16, Paul says, Know ye not that you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. The church is also identified as the body of Christ, just as we see the temple of God in a singular use, and how that the church, as the temple of God, or belongs to God, we find how the body of Christ is in a specific use. In Ephesians 1, 22 and 23, the Bible says, How God put all things under the feet of Christ, and gave Him to be the head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him that filleth all in all. In Colossians 1 and verse 18, we learn that He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have the preeminence. Now, dear friends, I want you to think with me for a moment. As the church is identified as the body of Christ, in Ephesians 4 and verse 4, we learn that there is one body. Therefore, if the church is defined as the body of Christ, and there is one body, then, dear friends, God intended for there to be one church. You see how this always takes us back to Matthew 16 and verse 18, to where Jesus said He would build His church. Listen to this next identifying mark of the church. In Colossians 1.13, the church is called the kingdom of God's Son, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of His dear Son. Now, dear friends, that's a perfect parallel to Matthew 16, 18, and 19, to where Jesus said, once again, I say also unto you, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That the kingdom and the church is indeed one and the same. Dear friends, think about it. They're not waiting for a kingdom to return on this earth. The kingdom is already in existence, as Jesus is the King of kings and Lord of lords. 1 Timothy 6 and verse 16. And those in the New Testament time were translated into the kingdom of His dear Son, the same as being added to the church. Let's continue the identifying marks of the church. Listen to 1 Timothy 3.15. Paul tells Timothy that if he is delayed or he reminds Timothy that he needs to know how to behave himself in the house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. You see, house is singular, the house of God, of which we, or those that are members of the Lord's church, can be a part. It is defined also as the church of God, as we noted moments ago from Acts 20 and verse 28, 
and 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 2. When we find that the church is known as the church of God, again, we find singular and ownership and authority from God through the Christ. In Hebrews 12.23, we find of interest the phrase, The Church of the Firstborn. To the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect. Now the phrase, Church of the Firstborn, reflects those who are written in heaven. But how are our names written in heaven? Because we are members of the church that Jesus Christ promised to establish. You may have noticed buildings throughout the country, throughout the world, that says, The Churches of Christ. From Romans 16 and verse 16, Paul greets them and says, Greet one another with a holy kiss. The Churches of Christ salute you. These are simple identifying marks of the church. Dear friends, here is our question. Is the denomination of which you are a member listed among these identifying titles? Now, friends, I realize that is a challenging question. But we do not find in the Scripture churches named after methods, churches named after ideas, churches that have a number of names. Thousands and thousands of churches are identified, but they're not identified through Scripture. Dear friends, when we look in the Bible, are we part of assemblies that we can find the name of our assembly in the Bible? If we can, dear friends, then we're finding that are we a member of the church we read of in the New Testament? Dear friends, if we cannot find our name, and even if we can find our name, our title on the building, if you will, is it reflecting as the church we read of in the New Testament? Dear friends, names mean things. Identifying remarks are there for a purpose, or identifying marks, rather, remark that there is a purpose, and they must be in accordance with the Word of God. Dear friends, we want to pause here. We always love to offer our free in-home Bible study course and our J. Webb will tell you a little bit about it, and then we'll be back to talk a little bit more about the church we read of in the Bible. Your friends at the International Gospel Hour are offering absolutely free a Bible study course by mail. You may study in the privacy of your own home at your own pace. Feel free to give it a try. Please call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988 and leave your name, address, and just say, Home Study. That's it. Again, call toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988. And please leave your name, address, and just say, Home Study. You may also go to our website at internationalgospelhour.com, click on the Contact tab, and leave us the same information, name, address, and type Home Study in the message box. We'll send it right away. Thank you for your interest in the things of God. And now... Back to Jeff. Dear friends, we want you to know also about the church we read of in the Bible, of His existence. When we look in Ephesians 3 and verse 15, Paul affirmed, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. One family of God. One kingdom of Christ. We once again go back to Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, 
who hath delivered us from the power of darkness, and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. There is only one body of Christ. This we emphasized moments ago, but once again. God hath put all things under the feet of Christ, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. Later it is affirmed in Ephesians 4 and verse 4, there is but one body. Therefore, the church exists as the body of Christ, as well as the bride of Christ, in Ephesians 5, 22-32, that the church is unto Christ. Christ is not married to a number of brides, dear friends. And then we know that there is one church of Christ. Again, in Matthew 16 and verse 18, Jesus promised to build His church. And we once again affirm from Colossians 1 and verse 18 that He is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He might have the preeminence. Dear friends, let's talk about the ones here. When we note one family of God, there cannot be a number of families and exist as the church, not when the Bible teaches there is one family. We cannot have multiple kingdoms, dear friends, for there is only one kingdom of Christ. There is only one king of kings, and that is Jesus Christ. Again, 1 Timothy 6, verse 15. Jesus Christ is not over multiple kingdoms. Jesus Christ is not over multiple bodies or multiple churches. Dear friends, once again, it's the body of Christ of which He is the head. Now let's imagine something for a moment. Imagine for a moment that there is one body but a number of heads. You and I understand that our head dictates what our bodies do physically. That you sever the head from the body, life ends. There cannot be a number of heads to one body. That would be defined as a mutant, and that will just not work. And when we note a number of bodies under one head, that does not work either, because one head will dictate what the body does and not multiple bodies. Dear friends, these are very simple and things to think about that when you really begin to ponder on them, how simple God planned it to be for there to be just but one church. Can you imagine multiple brides of Christ that would make our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ an adulterer, and those denominational bodies adulteresses? Dear friends, this may sound a little challenging. We don't mean for it to be, but rather truthful. Dear friends, one cannot just live any way they want as a bride of Christ. We must be the bride of Christ to be faithful to the husband who is Christ. Dear friends, this church does exist. The church that we read of in the New Testament exists today. It makes a plea to cast aside all human names, creeds, divisions, and all, and to simply come back to the book, to the Bible, and to see the church that's revealed therein. When we look through the thrilling pages of the Bible of what we know is truth, we are reminded that individuals can be added to the church today just like they were added to the church then. They believed in Jesus Christ as Jesus commanded in John 8, verse 24. 
And they understand that Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. If we come to God, we must believe that He is and a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. We find in the New Testament they repented of their sins. Their belief in Christ was so strong as the Son of God that they turned away from the life they lived. They accepted the command of Christ in Luke 13 and verse 3, and did what they did on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2 and verse 38, as well as in Acts 3 verse 19. And yes, dear friends, they confess Christ, Romans 10, 9 and 10. With the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Confession that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, the confession that the eunuch made in Acts 8, 37 and 38. And then, dear friends, Yes, they were baptized into Christ upon the commandment of Christ in Mark 15, or rather Mark 16, verses 15 and 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. That has been the truth for centuries, and still is the truth. In Acts 2, in verse 38, Peter said, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Acts 2 and verse 41 said, They that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about three thousand souls. To what were they added, dear friends? They were added to the church we read of in the New Testament. And then in Acts 22 and verse 16, we find with Saul's conversion that Ananias talked to him and said, Saul, why do you tarry? Arise and be baptized, and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Dear friends, this is what they did in the New Testament. And they were exhorted by the Christ, especially in Revelation 2 and verse 10, to live a faithful life unto death, and he would give them a crown of life. Dear friends, let's pause for just a few seconds. You hear us over the air and online. Check out the International Gospel Hour YouTube channel and view us as well. See episodes of Book, Chapter, and Verse available through our friends at the Gospel Broadcasting Network, hosted by our Jeff Archie. And stay tuned for the new weekly TV version of the International Gospel Hour coming soon. That's the International Gospel Hour channel on YouTube. Subscribe today. It's free. Yes, friends, you can be a member of the church we read of in the New Testament. Let us hear from you as we pursue these studies together. Thank you for joining me today on the International Gospel Hour. I'm Jeff Archie. Dear friends, keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope first that it glorified God, but second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to or to other lessons in this series by going to the Media tab at our site, internationalgospelhour.com. Oh,